Creative Connections. I'm Adam Deer. Joining me today is an amazing opera singer, John Longmuir. John, how you doing? I'm very well, thanks. Thanks you for having me. me. Yeah, no worries. Thanks for joining me. No, pleasure. Uh, you're looking good with the mo. Well, I've got a little um, a little French tash going um, because I'm working on um, Opera Australia's Merry Widow at the moment, uh, and I'm playing. Uh, uh, well, I guess you could call him a gigolo. Um, yeah. he's, <laughs> um, he's like the, the other lover, um, in the, in the whole mess of things. Um, and when I think Frenchman, I think dirty little Tash. So, you know, what I've got. So was that part of the character requirement or you were like, yeah, I'm going to grow. A no, step. it was, it was actually a stipulation I put in the contract. No, um, <laughs> it was, <laughs> um, no, I just. I don't know when I, um, it could be completely stereotypical and, and quite in, in bad taste, but um, there's just something about the character um, and the, the, the way he talks to people and, and the way he thinks that just when I see him in my head, he has a little pencil moustache and yeah. slicked back hair and he's very well dressed and, and stylish and, and moves very sort of um, balletically. Um, he's just one of those really smooth um, characters. So. Yeah, that's interesting because I always I was wondering with opera prep and because I, I get it from more of a general acting perspective, but do you where do you sort of get all your info from for the character? Is it, I mean, are you given a breakdown or do you just? Well, I think we're lucky in the fact that a lot of, um, well, a, a good chunk of the repertoire that we do is either based on someone who actually lived Mm. Um, or based, it's based on someone um, from mythology where there's a lot of material to pull from um, in, in terms of what they, you know, may have looked like, what they, um, you know, what the style of the, the time that they lived in was. Um, you know, there's, there's so much material to draw from because it's all historical, you know, um, um, characters most of the time. So... Um, but I mean, that changes from production to production. Um, and, and then we're obviously we're set by, um, the designer, what the mm. designer wants. So there's a lot of, you know, a lot of opinions that can go into something like, um, how a character looks or moves or acts or responds, you know, so you just have to juggle it all and, and pull something that is truthful from it. Um, which isn't always easy, um, as mm. I'm sure you are well aware. Um, but yeah, I think in opera, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot already there that you have to stick to. So that gives you a bit of a, a scaffolding at least. Yeah. And I was wondering like when you're, you know, if you meet someone for the first time and you do the classic, what do you do? Uh, and you say, I grow moustaches. No. And you, and you're like, <laughs> and you say that you're an opera singer. How do people generally kind of respond? It's always the exact same response. Oh, I've never met an opera singer before. <laughs> right. But every time well, like in a cab. Sing now. Yeah. Yeah. And then they'll, you know, they'll either start talking about the voice or um, Australia's Got Talent or, um, you know, something like that. Australia's um, Got Talent. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, because, you know, the only exposure I think, you know, a good deal of the general population would have had to opera or opera, opera um 
um, adjacent um, stuff would be, you know, watching something like Australia's Got Talent or um, The Voice where there's, you know, the token opera singer sometimes. Um, and, you know, they would be familiar with people like Pavarotti, um, but that would probably be the extent of their knowledge into that particular art form. Um, and it's just, it's very foreign um, in all ways. Um, so they they try to cling to something that they are familiar with. That's what we do in conversation. Yeah. We we try to pull from our, our own experience to try and move the conversation along. Um, so it are just they, happens that you get a lot, you get it a lot um, because it's a very, you know, unique and niche part of the world um, of art. So, Are they surprised that you're not overweight? I am overweight. <laughs> you look great. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know what I mean? They're expecting yes. like some huge yeah, they, opera yeah, yeah. singer. They're expecting Pavarotti. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> look, that's happened. I am overweight. Um, I have yeah, I have actually had people say, but you're not, um, you're not really, you're not huge. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's just, uh, I mean, I, I have my opinions on that particular issue in opera. Um, and, you know, there would be a lot that would disagree with me on it. And there would be a lot that would agree with me. Um, but like with all things, there are instances of waif thin opera singers who are very good singers and who have had, you know, a huge, amazing careers. Um, I guess it's just everyone's different, different physiologically, and and some people manage to um, to make it work, even though they don't maybe have the the frame for it. Yeah, because you know I, I mean, mean, even when we uh, in Wiley, like Lee Melrose is quite a slim guy, but very yeah. powerful. Yeah, I mean, it's I mean, it's I'm not a, a, a you know a scientist or. Um, uh, a person who can form sentences, um, but <laughs> I um, can grow a moustache. I can grow a moustache, not a beard though, um, <laughs> just a tash. Um, I don't. I know what goes into making the sound that we make, and it's all very technical, and it's all about air pressure and aperture, and um, you know, and what happens in the larynx, and you know, all of that stuff. Um, I can't. I don't have the information about um, whether you know someone's frame helps them or hinders them because I don't think there is, has been any research or it's not conclusive. Mm. Um, but you know, it's all, if it's all air pressure and aperture and stuff, it really doesn't matter what your, what size you are. Um, I have just found in, from my experience that, um, singers who are of a normal weight, um, or, you know, slightly over tend to have a little bit more stamina, um, and they they tend to have sort of fuller voices um, to my ear. So mm. I don't know. Take away from that what you want, um, but that's that's what I've experienced. That you know, it's it's generally a, a much bigger and rounder sound if the person is bigger. And just in terms of how you even like got into opera, I mean, why? opera was that a focus for you from early on or were you you just kind of stumbled into it through singing generally um it wasn't certainly wasn't um an aim in the beginning um i think 
like a lot of people that are in the arts, it just sort of started with something. In my in my case, it was um, uh, joining the choir at school. Um, and it just sort of snowballs. Um, you do one thing and then that leads to something else. And then, that, and then all of a sudden, you know, you're an opera singer. Um, yeah. it's, it happens, you know, that's how things happen in life. Um, and so I went from being in the choir to doing amateur musicals, to doing um, Gilbert and Sullivan, to doing chorus in the opera, to doing um, small parts in the opera, to doing principals in the opera. So um, that was the sort of path for me. And I, I think that would probably be the same of most singers because um, there is sort of a, a pretty clear cut path if you want to get to being, you know, a principal singer. Um, uh, but then, you know, that, that is different for everyone as well. Um, and I wanted to actually be a musical theatre singer, but um, I'm overweight, so. <laughs> that's not, I believe that, that's not true. So, uh, so, I but, really wanted to be, sorry, go on. No, no, well, is, is that sort of, because you obviously trained, you know, as a singer, was that your focus was getting that training for musical theatre? Yeah, I think I just, um, I, I, wanted to be um, the next Anthony Warlow, someone who had had a, a background in classical and opera who then transferred over to singing musical theatre. Yeah, he can um, do both, yeah. Yeah, and can do both brilliantly. He's still mm. one of, I mean, he's probably one of the, well, he, not probably, he is one of the best musical theatre singers Australia has ever produced. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and I admired... I think I admired the sort of uh, refinement in his singing that you sometimes don't get with musical theatre singers, um, that it was just, it sounded effortless. Um, it was so smooth and easy to listen to. Um, you know, he had a great range. Um, he was great at characterising the voice. Um, so it didn't always just sound the same. Um, he, you know, was brilliant at, well, is brilliant, at putting light and shade into things. So it just makes it much more enjoyable to listen to. So I think that's what I always was working towards is I always will love opera, um, musical theater and opera. Um, it just happened that opera um, had more opportunity for me um, at the time and even now. So so is musical theater still something that you're interested in? Ah, picking I'd, love I'd love to. I, my If I could sing Jean Valjean or... I probably mm. wouldn't sing Phantom now, but, um, you know, I would love to sing musical theatre. I love it. Um, but, yeah, the opera just happened to, to be the place that I landed because of um, circumstances. So. And, I'm, and I'm thrilled with that as well. Mm. And so that first opportunity joining the chorus, was that when from 2013 or was that before then? Was it- yeah, it was, um, yeah, around 2013. That was... Um, at the opera studio in Perth, um, we did, uh, I think it was Tancredi by Rossini, um, one of the more obscure Rossini ones. Um, and I was in the chorus for that. Um, yeah. And then that, that sort of led to other things and doing small parts with the opera um, studio as well. And then I actually went to the opera studio and studied. So um, there was some, you know, some good years there. Did you have to um, audition for that for the first chorus role? Did I audition? Or had they seen you do do perform? No, I think it was. I think it was one of the. I think it was a case of um, because I was a tenor. Um, 
I could just turn up. <laughs> right <laughs> because they flooded with because they had no one else yeah. yeah um so yeah i think one of my uh friends was had done stuff with them before and and they were they asked if i was interested in in coming and doing it because they were looking for tenors um so i just turned up one night had a chat to the um uh, the musical director and uh that, and that was it yeah and so the move over to sydney was that like a quite a sudden thing or did you plan that? Ah, sorry. You said 2013, didn't you? Yes. No, that was 2003. (laughs) 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 It's okay. You don't need to be able to count. You just got to be able to sing. And and that old thing they say about tenors being dumb is not true. Um, (laughs) Sorry. Okay. So that Um, was like, yeah. So that was really early on. That was really early on 2003. Yeah. 2000, no, I moved to Sydney in, um, at the end of 2000 and, uh, at the end of 2010, um, okay. cause I'd been living in, I'd been living in Germany for a year, um, before that. Um, and before that I had, uh, I just graduated from the opera studio, the place we were right. just talking about. And, um, and then had won a bunch of prizes, um, singing prizes. And so, um, but uh, even though I had graduated from sort of the, the best performing arts um, uh, institution in Australia um, and had won all these, you know, big singing prizes, I couldn't really get any work. I couldn't get into any of the choruses. Um, there was sort of some interest in the Opera Australia Young Arts Program, but not for that particular time. Um, and so I was like, well, well, I guess I'll just go to Germany and, um, and see what happens. Um, and then... Then the offer from Opera Australia to come and join the Young Arts program sort of got bumped up, and we moved back. So, right. Oh, and that's with your wife. You're still married, right? Yes. Um, I'm just messing with. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, still married. She's doing her PhD at the moment um, in uh, immunobiology. Um, uh, so, you know, stuff that I will never understand. Yeah. Um, yeah. And she's working, she usually works on HIV, um, but at the moment she's working on COVID. Um, oh, wow. So yeah, I'm yeah. sure a lot of people have shifted over. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, everyone just wants to knock it on the head. Um, mm. And so I, I guess the, the more people working on it, the better. Um, but it does mean that every day when she comes home, I greet her at the door with a gl- uh, can of Glen 20 and a bin fire for all of her clothes. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> and bit, I think she's been getting a bit sick of every day coming home and saying, me saying, um, have you cured it yet? Can we go back uh, to work? Was today the day? Well, yeah. Saturday. Yeah. No cures no, on Saturday. No cures on Saturday. <laughs> yeah. And I guess it's worth, yeah, leading off from that, talking about 2020, the marvellous year that it was. Uh, yes. Yeah. For creative types such as yeah. yourself. Yeah. Um, it's been brutal, hasn't fun? it? Uh, no. It was not. Um, in fact, for New Year's Eve, I was in bed at nine o'clock um, purely because I was not giving 2020 the satisfaction of a celebration <laughs> for New Year's Eve. So you yeah. showed it. I showed it. Um, but uh, this has been going around doing the rounds a little for a little while now. But um, when you say 2021, if you slow it down, it's 2021. <laughs> yeah. And that just makes me furious. <laughs> You've got to say it really quickly and it's fine. 2021? No, it didn't. 
<laughs> so what was, I mean, so I guess, and your wife's doing, was doing a PhD then as well. What, how did you yeah. kind of manage that? Uh, if this isn't too personal, but how did you manage that financially? Uh, I was very fortunate to, um, to be working for a company uh, at Opera Australia um, that were eligible for um, JobKeeper. Um, so I manage, well, I didn't manage, um, I was put on the, the JobKeeper subsidy for the you know, eight months um, that we were um, not performing. Um, so we had that and, and Erica gets a, a small stipend um, for doing her PhD. So um, we did have to move from, we were living in Zetland um, and we had just had to move. It was just too expensive. Um, uh, and so we moved out um, west near Parramatta, um, which sort of worked in our favour because um, Erica's work is out here. Um, but, I mean, it was it was not fun. Um, we had, you know, some savings, um, but it was just, you know, it was a huge um, change from the lifestyle that we had or we had been living for, you know, since we've been in Sydney, basically which is 10 years um, to go to, you know, really having to watch what was going out and, and what was coming in. Um, and I'm sure like everyone, the stress of not knowing um, when we would a go back to work and b a, a paycheck would start coming in regularly again. So, um, but I mean, that is the life of um, creatives, never knowing if the you know there might never be another paycheck. Mm. So, um, you know, there was a lot of a lot of naps, and by naps I mean <laughs> sleeping for two weeks, um, and <laughs> a lot of drawn curtains and um, and stress and you know, all of the things that we have all gone through this, this year. Um, were you uh, able to, make, you, oh, sorry. Well, like, were you kind of singing at home or what, what did you do? Do you have to do things to keep your voice going? You're just like, no, I'm not singing. You know what? I, I couldn't, I did a little bit of singing stuff, but it, there was some times when I'd think, ah, uh, I should probably go and, and do some work. And then I just couldn't actually bear to, to do it. It was too, not painful, but it just, um, it just seemed uh, not inappropriate, but I couldn't bring myself to actually sit down and, and work on it, on work on something, because I wasn't sure if I would ever go back to work or if I would do that particular thing that I would be working on. Um, and, you know, voices are such a personal instrument and we carry around with us all the time um, when something like COVID happens and, and you realize that the thing that you've dedicated most of your life to um, is seen by a lot of people to be un not valuable um, or uh, unimportant um, or unneeded. Um, it's sort of, it's a big hit to your psyche um, and then to, to go and, you know, produce, to try and produce that sound again. For a lot of people, you know, they actually couldn't sing. You know, it just wasn't there. Um, for me, I did a couple of, you know, um, stupid little um, YouTube videos and stuff like that. And, um, uh, but that was about the, the extent of the singing for me, unfortunately. 
um, in eight months. Um, so, yeah. So then we're coming round to because uh, the Merry Widow just opened last week, was it? Yeah, uh, Monday, I think. Yeah. Monday. And so, what was the discussion with Opera Australia about that? Were you, re- you know, when you could start rehearsing, and did they just contact you and say, "Oh, can you play this role?" Or what was the what was the process? Well, I think I'd been contracted for it um, for because we usually sort of the offers start to come out in like March the year before. So we'd known that it was happening for a while, but we weren't sure if it was actually going to happen um, because of all the restrictions. Um, but Opera Australia had been in contact and in constant contact. Um, so, we, and we know what's required of us um, and when um, the date did shift, you know, for rehearsals to start did shift back and forth a few times. And, um, and I think even some of the performances shifted as well um, while they sort of, um, restructured the the season that they were going to do um uh, because it's a very it's a very labor and time intensive thing to put on an opera it's not just something that can happen um you know sets have to be built um costumes have to be made you know there's a ton of work that goes into it before it's before we even walk into the rehearsal room and, and you're going to so, have less people to do it, I guess, at this time. Well, yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and then you always have that um, thought above your head that it might not actually happen. So when do you start putting all that? And it's, we're talking months. You, need, you know, I think it's like three months before, a product, before rehearsals start. That's when they start working on the production. Um, like the, um, it's when they start doing all of the set building and stuff. Um, when do you start putting in the work if it might not happen? And do you start putting in the work if it's not going to happen? Because what if you build the set and then it gets cancelled because we can only, you know, play to 250 people? Mm. Um, that's a lot of wasted time and money. Um, and and then you just have this sort of production sitting there um, not doing anything. It's, I mean, it's so, I don't, I don't think a lot of people think of, that aspect of it. I think they assume that we just turn up and it happens, um, which is a good thing. Um, you know, it's supposed to look effortless. Um, but yeah, people, it's a lot of uncertainty. I know that's a word that's been used a lot this year, uh, last year, sorry. Um, and uncertainty is not great when you're dealing with people's livelihoods. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. And so what was the rehearsal process like? Was it, you know, do you have to have the distancing? Do you ever have to wear masks? Obviously you've got to sing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, it was. Do you have a bag? Very, of <laughs> um, that's normal. Um, look, it was handled brilliantly. Um, we, there were different things that came and went in, in the rehearsal process, like, um, you know, having a sort of roster system in the room for, you know, these two people can have their masks off, you know, while they're rehearsing. Um, and, uh, you know, there's checks, 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 checks. There was lots of people, you know, making sure that everyone was doing the right thing um, and that, there was nothing that was going to interfere with us getting the show on that, um, that was in our hands. Um, and so, you know, 
we can't control what the government does, for instance, in, in restrictions and numbers and stuff, but we can affect what we do in the room to stop anything, to stop any, A, anyone getting it or even coming into the building with it um, and, and getting the show on. And that's what they've done. And the show did go on. So, you know, it's huge um, hats off to them for being able to do it because this, I mean, this, I'd say most of the opera companies in the world at the moment have either opened and then had to reclose because they were premature in, in getting things ready or they weren't careful enough. Um, and I don't, Opera Australia, I don't think can actually afford to have that happen because we rely so heavily on ticket sales. Mm. Um, so we need to make sure that when we open, we stay open. And is that, do you kind of know how long the run's going to be or is that still a week by week thing? That we know. Um, but there is a, I mean, we know what the summer season is going to be already. Um, but I don't think Opera, has, Opera Australia has decided what is going to happen past that. I'm sure they have lots of um, contingencies and, and plans in place. But um, it, yeah, I think everyone in the arts realizes now that um, we will have to be careful and flexible um, going forward. And maybe a little bit understanding of, you know, um, last minute scheduling stuff um, within reason, obviously. So, yeah. So, and so you, what is coming up for you in, in 2021? Is there much that you can. You so know? I'm doing, I'm doing widow at the moment. Um, and then I do um, Hosh, Honda Opera on the Harbour, uh, which is in. Uh, La, uh, La Traviata. Yes. Traviata. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, which I think is in April. Um, and then uh, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say what the other things are <laughs> That's um, because I don't think a, they have been decided and B if um, they've been announced. So um, uh, can I just say yeah. that poster for La Traviata is mm-hmm. horrendous. I've just got to <laughs> put it out there. <laughs> Uh, you may say that. <laughs> I, I could say it because I'm not I'm not expecting you to concur, but it is like every time yeah. I look at it, I just feel the awkwardness of being in that shoot and just being yeah. having to do it. I'm sorry. Know, I know what they were going for. Um yeah. because in, in the production, she is in the chandelier. Mm. Um it's this huge Farofsky um crystal monolith um not monolith that's the wrong word um it's like a huge you know set piece um that gets craned in over um this massive stage and the the character actually climbs up into the chandelier in the big in her big number right so i could see what they were going for but um but uh, uh yeah maybe didn't quite get there I just, I just, yeah, I just keep thinking about it. I have nightmares yeah. about it. <laughs> trapped in a... I don't think you're the only one. Anyway. <laughs> it's all good. Um, execution two. <laughs> uh, so, and just within the last uh, few minutes of our chat, is yeah. there, th- are, what are some of the things or, that you love the most about opera? Because there is, it's a big commitment in terms of, you know, quite often you've got to travel and imagine that's, mm. that could be challenging with relationships and things like that. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I was just interested to hear what some of the pros and cons are of, of being a professional opera singer. 
Um, okay, pros. Um, pros, you get to work with some of the um, most generous, um, most well-humoured, um, intelligent people um, around um, that are, are capable of doing something um, superhuman. Um, it's, a, it's a skill that not a lot of people in the world can do, which is why every time I get into a, a cab, the response is, oh, I've never heard of an opera singer before. Um, you know, there's not a lot of people that can do it. And so in that aspect, it's uh, a privilege to be able to see people do it and how they do it because everyone's different. Uh, you get to perform roles or characters that are sometimes super complex um, and, and complicated and difficult um, and the challenge of being able to overcome just the character in itself, but then chuck on that super that superhuman skill on top of it um, is exhilarating. When it's when you can do it and do it, you know, well, um, it's exhilarating to watch and also to do. Um, the cons are travel is always a big one. I don't mind it so much, um, but if you've got a family, it's super difficult. Um, uh, there's a lot of politics involved sometimes. Um, like with all art forms, um, there's a like lot of disappointment. Way. Well, in dealing with um, different companies and scheduling and, um, and you know, the way some people are, um, the way some people market themselves and, um, and then other people who are maybe more talented um, not getting the, the look in that they should because it's all focused somewhere else. Mm. That's a, that's a big thing. Um, and sorry, you said um, disappointments. Yeah. A, a lot of disappointment. Um, you know, <laughs> to, if you want to be an artist, um, especially an opera singer, which requires, like you said, such a big commitment in time, you really have to want to do it. Um, and, and have an, iron will and constitution and I hate to say it but you have to have a really thick skin because you're going to be dealing with a lot of difficult personalities a lot of difficult decisions both from you and from elsewhere um, and you know while sensitivity is a huge um, issue um, it's not helpful um, because it just it'll either hinder you or it'll destroy you. Um, you have to be sensitive to a point, but um, you can't let it affect what you're doing. So there's an unpopular opinion. <laughs> <laughs> well, John Longview, it's been great chatting with you. It's really good to see you again. Thank you so much for joining me. Pleasure. Thank you. Creative, creative connections. connections.